Good morning. Today is Tuesday, October 17th, and I am Scott Shera. I'm Grace's dad. I jumped into this fight because of losing my daughter to medical murder. And now I've put together this series called Medical Murder is the Number One Cause of Death in the United States by Design. And I'm emphasizing by design and ultimately put this series together because when people say malpractice and various forms of that word, they're really saying that it was an accident. And the medical murder that is taking place in the United States is not an accident at all. In fact, uh, if you look at COVID through those eyes, you see COVID was a success to the ones who are behind it. So with that brief introduction, Don, can you just put the first um, uh, slide on the screen? All right, so this is our topic today is how the American dream, what we've gone through so far, this is uh, number six in the series. So we have gone through who, and in that um, presentation, I brought up the fact that they're all in on it. Then we went through what, what are they in on? And it's a eugenics agenda, a depopulation agenda that is sold by believing in eugenics. Where, in where we talked about the United States being mystery Babylon, why, it, I think is the most important one of the series because it connects the dots as to the esoteric spiritual agenda. Then when we talked about the dialectics that Satan has put in place that started in the garden and they're on steroids today. And now today we get to how, and that's the American dream. The American dream was the largest psyop ever sold to us. So that's the review. Uh, for those of you who want to go into a little bit deeper, my encouragement is don't believe me, dig in for yourself. Uh, all of the research that I have done on each one of these topics is posted on Grace's website, OurAmazingGrace.net, and we have a prominent tab right on the homepage called Medical Murders, the Number One Cause of Death by Design. And then these podcasts, the PowerPoints, and all the research are posted there so you can start digging on your own. When I put together the monocast that I'm doing, I don't include everything because they would be way too long. But all of the research that I use to prepare for these monocasts is listed there. Um, so I guess that's it by way of introduction. So here we go. Let's go to the next slide, Don. I have started with this slide each time just to frame everybody's mindset so you realize this is by design. This is real easy. This just proves very in very simple math that in fact medical murder is the number one cause of death in the United States. And so before COVID, even the CDC admitted that medical malpractice, remember medical malpractice is an accident, was the third leading cause of death behind heart disease number one at 700,000, cancer number two at 600,000, medical malpractice number three at 400,000. Well, with COVID, 1.2 million Americans were murdered in hospitals. And, and I say murdered because when you frame the 1.2 million American deaths in the 39-month COVID era compared to the entire population of the planet, we were number one. We only have 4.2% of the world's population, but we had the most hospital deaths on the planet. What's the reason? We prescribed remdesivir and we're the only country who did. And it's not just remdesivir, but ventilators, but we prevented other countries from adopting our protocols on purpose because we needed to lead the charge. And so then when you look at our 1.2 million deaths in hospitals, 
number two on the planet is India at only 531,000 deaths, yet their population is four times that of the United States. So just that statistic alone should wake you up if you're not already awake. And then you look at the results of COVID, we have anybody that got jabbed, which is roughly 75% of our population got jabbed. There's a 24% increase in all cause mortality from those people who got jabbed. That is, and when you look at that in the context of the all cause mortality increase of the population of 13%, that's 371,000 deaths a year caused on purpose by this agenda. So that frames the discussion. That's why I'm diving into this much bigger uh, situation to show that it is by design. This is no accident. Uh, the amnesty play that is going on right now, um, I believe I touch on that today, but this is a big deal. Uh, when you start looking at what is happening, you'll start seeing things like we made a mistake. And this is, seems to be a common theme that is going on in just about everything that I read. And I'm reading alternative media. I'm not talking about mainstream media, but the alternative media seems to be on this theme that um, this was a mistake. There wasn't enough testing. Well, believe me, there was enough testing because it was by design. The whole vaccine agenda that was in play for a hundred years before COVID was all a setup to this. No vaccine has ever been tested. So you can't say that, well, if it would have just been tested more. No, it wasn't that, it was by design. All right, let's go into the first slide of today, Don. I've got these also on my other screen. So in case I can't read what Don has up, I can turn my head to the side. So the setup for this big PSYOP we talked about in the Y section, which is the Antichrist system. So this is by way of review. I just have a new slide I put together. Let's go to the next one. So if you remember from when we talked about this in the Y section, the esoteric agenda, what Satan offered Eve in the garden was knowledge. And what God continued to offer was wisdom. So Satan offered Eve the knowledge of good and evil, which was really evil and less evil, while God offered the tree of life. And the tree of knowledge has been the lead-in um, to all kinds of sin that has gotten us to the place that we are today. So this idea that we can be like God with pursuing knowledge is a complete lie. And you know, so what happens is um, once you are convinced that you should pursue knowledge, we start believing all kinds of lies that are disguised as, as the truth. And then what happens is it creates a barrier. A barrier to the truth is believing you already have it because then you stop searching. All right, let's go to the next one, Don. So this is just a short introduction, the conclusion. The Antichrist system is the perfect solution to our desire to get ahead in this world. All right, so let's jump into how did they create this uh, American dream for us to chase. So we're going to talk about some recent American history. Let's go to the next slide. So in this slide, I'm just going to read it. Like a magician, Satan preys on our selfish... <laughs> it looks like I made a mistake here, Don. That's good. So like a magician, Satan preys on our selfishness, it should say, and created a delusion called the American dream to keep us chasing an illusion, we can have it all, while his real agenda was hidden in plain sight. All right, so 
this agenda that is hidden, we're going to talk about this today and how he, he pulls it off, but this delusion uh, called the American dream gives us a perspective that we can have it all. And this is something that I chase most of my life, as you're going to find out here in, in just a minute. Let's go to the next slide. All right. So wanting our own way has us believing in all kinds of lies because we end up putting our trust in man as a result of wanting our own way. The American dream then preys on our selfish na nature. Why do I know? Because this is what I chase most of my life. I've been a business owner over half of my life, and I had believed that the only way to be successful in business is to be all in and being all in at the expense of God, family, and everything else. Of course, you can be successful in anything if you go all in on it, but yeah, I was chasing the wrong thing. All right, so let's let's look at what some of the big lies are. Let's go to the next slide. So if you look at these two arrows, right in the middle should be us, self, selfish us, right in the middle. So what ends up happening? What are some of the lies that we believe? So on the left-hand side, you see the major American psyops. Now remember, if you're awake, you're awake to these things, but you got to keep in mind 70% of the, of the country would think that you're wearing a tinfoil hat, hat when you talk about the Kennedy assassination was an inside job, uh, that 9-11 was a false flag, and that COVID was done on purpose. You know, people can't wrap their head around that, and you know they're being programmed by CNN all day long, and so they don't realize what is really happening. So then we get to the um, largest psyop that was ever sold to us, and that's the American dream, which is that, and I'm going to explain the American dream here in a minute in a practical way, but we're, that, we're the home of the free and the land of the brave. God doesn't fit into that American dream. He's an afterthought. So it's all a trap to deceive, preying on our selfishness. So God always gives us warnings if we're paying attention to him. So in Jeremiah 17, four through five, he says, through your own fault, you will lose your inheritance I gave you. I will enslave you to your enemies in a land you do not know. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. So, I mean, that's a clear warning that if we fall trapped to this antichrist system, which reared its head as the American dream, uh, we're not after God. So is God against our plans? Of course not. In Proverbs 16, 9, he says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. So God expects us to use our brain, our emotions, our body, and he expects us to, to think through things and plan, but he wants us to submit our plans to him so he can guide our steps. The same thing is, is he's not against knowledge. In Hosea 4, 6, he says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So obviously he's not against knowledge, but what he is against is knowledge replacing him and knowledge becoming the idol, which is what Satan sold. All right, so then what is the American dream? We'll go to the next slide. So you, know, you get a little bit of my humor here for no charge today. I'm going to start charging for it. But we, the American dream is 2.1 kids, 1.7 dogs, of course, no cats. And you work hard, save money, retire early, relax, live a clean life, obey the laws, pay taxes, and then you get free health care at 65. I mean, that is a great sales pitch. But where is God? And what happens is we have the same choice that was in the garden. We can have it all. 
at the expense of God who needs him if you have everything, or we can have God and give up our right to our own way and let God lead. So how did this all happen? It happened by design, our consistent theme. Let's go to the next slide, Don. All right, so this, what I'm gonna share here is um, going to rock some of you. It really rocked me when I learned it, that the belief that we have as to our country's founding is a lie. So in the Paris Peace Treaty of 1783, that's what ended the Revolutionary War. You can see what I've highlighted. So this is, um, it says the arch treasurer and prince elector of the Holy Roman Empire, etc., and of the United States of America. So they're lumping in that this is uh, somebody already in control of the United States of America. And uh, you know, this is this is scary stuff. So we have England realizes they're going to lose, and they put this together, and you know, ultimately become part of the uh, piece of the puzzle that is in control of the United States today. Then we have um, really a fundamental thing that we have all brought up to believe that we are a Christian country. And if you look at the Treaty of Tripoli from 1797. It says right in the treaty, the government of the United States is in no sense founded on Christian religion. So now we have, wow, we're we're not our own country and we're not founded on the on Christianity or the principles of Christianity. Let's go to the next slide, Don. So then we we move on to the elements of ecclesiastical easy for me to say, ecclesiastical law. No law exists in the U.S. without the Pope's approval. And so you see what I've underlined. If you claim to be a U.S. citizen by your own admission, you also have no rights, title, and no interest. I'm going to go on and prove this here in a little bit. This, this whole theory, I guess you would call it, but it's not really a theory, was tested in a case in 1985 called the Esminger case. And I'm quoting from there, this action was instigated to determine who has the highest title to property located in Major and Grandy County, Oklahoma Territory State, of which the United States of America, by contract, gave up all right, title, or interest in said property without any conditions set forth. You're going to see this here in a little bit. That legal ease maybe doesn't make sense, but it'll connect the dots as we go through these next slides. This is a big deal. So you, if you come to grips with that, our country is not what you thought it was, and you don't have rights to your own property or yourself because it's already sold, it changes your whole paradigm. I know it's changed mine. All right, so let's go to the next one, Don. So what's happening is that we have given, quote, voluntary, end quote, consent in the land, and so this, this guy calls it the land of the fee and the home of the slave, this whole idea that we um, are, uh, that, that we have rights is an illusion. And we're going to play the first clip here. We've got a lot of clips today because there's a lot of material to cover. So go ahead, Don, and roll the first one, please. The 13th Amendment established what involuntary servitude was, but it's perfectly legal to have voluntary servitude. And so therefore, everything has to be by voluntary consent. So the voluntary consent comes from the fact that um, from birth and very soon after birth, 
first of all, the mother volunteers to abandon the baby and register it into the Royal Trust. So the minute a baby is born, it is registered by the mother and the state considers that the father abandoned the landed estate of this living newborn baby. So the baby becomes chattel property and is registered into the royal estate and we are considered to have abandoned that estate and the executor now becomes the state itself. So the entire system, the United States bureaucracy under the administrative procedures of the bankruptcy that I described and the whole world system because every national entity is also a corporation that's also bankrupt, that's channeled by and through Washington DC to the city of London. It's all one big corporation. All right, so let's, um, let's go to the next slide, Don, because that'll put everything together. And so what's going on here is, as the gentleman just said, the government can't make us slaves because of the 13th Amendment. So they do it by our voluntary um, submission to this whole agenda. And so part of the puzzle was the 14th Amendment made us all United States citizens. And you're going to see with this next um, clip that Don plays that by bankrupting our country, they made us and our property all collateral for the debt. So they got us to all comply with this scam volunteer, voluntarily. Birth certificates were it, they're only since the 1940s that birth certificates came on in play, uh, using their fake currency, paying taxes, using their legal system, we all became slaves. This video that we're going to play next is long, it's what, eight minutes, it's, it's uh, Representative James Traficant. Uh, he was a congressman, he gave a speech on March 17th of 1993 that documents all of this and it's been scrubbed of course, and he's been executed, of course, as you would expect, because he was one of the few uh, telling the truth that was in Congress. So if there's any um, video you want to share out of all of these that I've shared so far to wake people up as to how big this plan and PSYOP is, this would be the one. So go ahead, Don, let her, let her roll. So this is from Representative James Traficant Jr. of Ohio when he addressed the House of Representatives March 17, 1993. He begins, Mr. Speaker, we are here now in Chapter 11. Members of Congress are official trustees presiding over the greatest reorganization of any bankrupt entity in world history, the U.S. government. We are setting forth, hopefully, a blueprint for our future. There are some who say it is a coroner's report that will lead to our demise. It is an established fact that the United States federal government has been dissolved by the Emergency Banking Act, March 9th, 1933. 48 Stat 1, Public Law 89-719, declared by President Roosevelt being bankrupt and insolvent, H.J.R. 192, 73rd Congress M. Session, June 5th, 1933. Joint resolution to suspend the gold standard and abrogate the gold clause dissolved the sovereign authority of the United States in the official capacities of all United States government offices, officers and departments, and is further evidence that the United States federal government exists today in name only. 
The receivers of the United States bankruptcy are the international bankers via the United Nations, the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund. All United States offices, officials, and departments are now operating within a de facto status in name only under the emergency war powers. With the constitutional Republican form of government now dissolved, the receivers of the bankruptcy have adopted a new form of government for the United States. This new form of government is known as a democracy, being an established socialist communist order under a new governor for America, this act was instituted and established by transferring and or placing the office of the Secretary of Treasury to that of the governor of the International Monetary Fund. Public Law 94-564, page 8, section HR 13955 reads in part, quote, The U.S. Secretary of Treasury receives no compensation for representing the United States, unquote. So the Federal Reserve System is a sovereign power structure separate and distinct from the federal United States government. The Federal Reserve is a maritime lender and or maritime insurance underwriter to the federal United States, operating exclusively under admiralty maritime law. The lender or underwriter bears the risks and the maritime law compelling specific performance in paying the interest or premiums are the same. Assets of the debtor can also be hypothecated to pledge something as a security without taking possession of it as security by the lender or underwriter. The Federal Reserve Act stipulated that the interest on the debt was to be paid in gold. There was no stipulation in the Federal Reserve Act for ever paying the principal. Prior to 1913, most Americans owned clear, allodial title to property, free and clear of any liens or mortgages until the Federal Reserve Act 1913, hypothecated all property within the federal United States to the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve, in which the trustees held legal title. The U.S. citizen was registered as a beneficiary of the trust via his or her birth certificate. In 1933, the federal United States hypothecated all of the present and future properties, assets, and labor of their subjects. The 14th Amendment, U.S. citizen to the Federal Reserve System. In return, the Federal Reserve System agreed to extend the federal United States Corporation all the credit it needed. Like any other debtor, the federal United States government had to assign collateral and security to their creditors as a condition of the loan. Since the federal United States didn't have any assets, they assigned the private property of their economic slaves, the United States citizens, as a collateral against the unpayable federal debt. They also pledged the unincorporated federal territories, national parks, forests, birth certificates, and nonprofit organizations as collateral against the federal debt. All has already been transferred as payment to the international bankers. Unwittingly, America has returned to its pre-American Revolution feudal roots whereby all land is held by a sovereign and the common people had no rights to hold a loyal title to property. 
Once again, we the people are the tenants and sharecroppers renting our own property from a sovereign in the guise of the Federal Reserve Bank. We the people have exchanged one master for another. This has been going on for over 80 years without the informed knowledge of the American people, without a voice protesting loud enough. Now, it's easy to grasp why America is fundamentally bankrupt. Why don't more people own their properties outright? Why are 90% of Americans mortgaged to the hilt and have little or no assets after all debts and liabilities have been paid? Why does it feel like you are working harder and harder and getting less and less? We are reaping what we have sown, and the results of our harvest is a painful bankruptcy and a foreclosure on American property, precious liberties, and a way of life. Few of our elected representatives in Washington, D.C. have dared to tell the truth. The federal United States is bankrupt. Our children will inherit this unpayable debt and the tyranny to enforce paying it. America has become completely bankrupt in world leadership, financial credit, and its reputation for courage, vision, and human rights. This is an undeclared economic war, bankruptcy, and economic slavery of the most corrupt order. Wake up, America. Take back our country. So it's interesting that the man in 2002 was arrested and put in jail as a part of some sort of corruption scandal. And it's no surprise that he spent seven years there, only to die while in jail. He represented Youngstown, Ohio from 1985 to 2002. He was re-elected by the people, the voters who put him into office, and it was only being framed for corruption in 2002 that he would be expelled from Congress and spend the last seven years of his life in prison. These are little known facts that most people are entirely in the dark about, they're completely unaware of, and it's something that cannot be brought out into the light. So you can quickly see why I say medical murder is by design. Medical murder is simply one of the tenants that they can use to eliminate us because we are slaves. And it is, it is critical that if you start with that premise, it's critical to start with that premise. And if you do, then you start looking at the world through, uh, through eyes that have been finally opened. So let's go to the next slide, Don. So we have been uh, sold the American dream and you see what we got in return. Uh, we are slaves. And you know this these are the tangible things I you know so the nickel and coin I referenced last time where you know the older brother has um, a dime, what did I say, a nickel and coin? Nickel and dime. I, I don't know what I said, but the older brother has a dime. You've got the nickel, and he convinces you that because your nickel is bigger, you should trade. And so obviously, as you get older, you realize you made a bad trade. So hope everybody today realizes that we made a bad trade. You know, we didn't do this on purpose uh, because we weren't part of that trade, but we submit to it now 
and you know ultimately we get sucked into it unless we choose to not participate any longer so i want to just pick on a couple of these things i think it's kind of funny so we have the right to vote okay so as we've talked about before that's a satanic dialectic we're voting for the lesser of two evils we have the right to apply for federal unemployment yeah that's a laughable i mean if you become a federal employee the first thing they do first day is you've got to take your brain out put it on a shelf and then you only can get your original brain back after you leave their employment and then of course our duties to pay taxes that's uh now when we see this i mean a long you know for a long time i realize i mean my taxes are being used to pay for things i disagree with but i didn't realize that they were literally stealing from me and they had the right to steal because I claim to be a U.S. citizen. All right, let's go to the next one, Don. So now the conclusion of this section, we've been lied to. The United States is a bankrupt corporation. When we claim to be citizens of the United States, we give up all rights to self and property. Our pursuit of the American dream resulted in slavery. All right, let's go to the next, the clip at the bottom of this one, Don. The first thing I think that people need to take away is that we've been lied to. A lot of people get offended when you start talking about these types of issues. You know, in Proverbs it says, you know, a fool is going to discount a topic without looking into it. And that's what I see in America. I see a lot of Americans and they're just quick to discount things, write you off without even looking into it. Those people who refuse the truth, you know, they're going to be given over to a reprobate mind. They're going to be deceived. And I tell people, you don't have to be deceived. We're living in an age of technology. We're living in an age of information. We can just go to the Library of Congress. We can just go research these things. And so I tell people, take from this film real information, let it change your paradigm if need be, and move forward without having scales on your eyes. Look, we don't know how much time we have on this earth, but we do know that Jesus is going to return. When he does, we need to make sure that we're in good standing with him. We need to make sure that we are not deceived by this global scheme. All right, so let's frame this global scheme like we've done before. Let's go to the next slide as introduction to this is again review. We're being played by the ultimate esoteric Hegelian dialectic. And this I set up in the Y section. So, you know, what they have sold that we can see tangible right now is that we got to support the planet and then at the expense of the people because people, we have too many people. So that's the, the version of what's going on uh, exoterically. We all see it today, but to accomplish the esoteric agenda for our souls. So first with the antichrist system, then with the false prophet system. So what's the end game? Let's go to the next slide. The end game of this uh, chasing the American dream is zombies pursue fake money. Once God is out of the picture, the state steps in. The state works for the globalists and the globalists work for Satan, essentially creating zombie-like slaves. Even a genius can see it. So go ahead and play that clip, Don. What I'm curious from your perspective is what ideology have do you believe the masses have bought into and then how did that happen? In the end, ultimately, I believe the ideology they buy into is the is a materialist, rationalist ideology, which now, in its contemporary form, is called transhumanism. So, um, we like like a few hundred years ago, 
we started to believe that um, the entire universe is like a, a dead material phenomenon. Um, it started with the Big Bang, which created all kinds of uh, particles, material particles, atoms, molecules, which collided with each other, formed planets and stars, and on one of these stars, um, life started. And we, as a human being, we are nothing more than a set of elementary particles, atoms and molecules, a, bio, a complex biochemical process, um, which can be perfectly understood, just like the rest of the universe, by the laws of uh, classical mechanics, which means that the entire universe, including the human being, is a machine, a machine that can be perfectly understood, described, controlled and manipulated in a rational way, through rational knowledge. So that's, I believe, the ideology yeah. that seized control of society and, and of the human mind. So obviously, you know that the guy on the right was the genius, not me. So let's. How, how, so how can they possibly pull this off? Well, it's because they have an unlimited amount of money because they can print money. It's all fake. Uh, so let's play the short clip there, Don. And speaking of money, how about the 20 bucks you owe me? Oh, yeah. Well, I only got 10, so here's 10, I owe you 10. Thanks. Hey, Mo, you owe me 20. Well, here's 10, I'll owe you 10. Uh-uh, you owe me 20. Here's 10, I owe you 10. Here's the 10, I owe you. Here's the 10, I owe you. Here's the 10, I owe you. Good, now we're all even. Okay, so now that we've we've got the funnies out of the way, let's let's get to the serious. Let's go to the next slide, Don. So we have voluntary submitted, voluntarily submitted to the Antichrist system, believing the false prophet system would protect us, the ultimate replacement for God. And what I want to do for most of the balance of today is to talk about knowing the enemy, which we've done some of that before, but I want to get into it in from a couple of different angles today. So go ahead and play the clip, Don. They're having to implode America from the inside in order to bring it down so that they can have a global agenda being fulfilled. So that uh, order out of chaos. You know, there's um, all these things that we're seeing fulfill being fulfilled today. It's, um, it's because of these people following the orders that they get from their rituals, um, using the power that they've obtained to be able to bring this about. Um, they're they're hell-bent on seeing this come to pass and the end deal i mean if you look at what the bible says about it um we're we're living in these times um matthew 24 is even more applicable today than it was when it was written the book of revelation same thing all of it really it's it's more applicable today and it's necessary that we're standing strong in that and standing steadfast in it um because without it what hope do we have without it it's going to be like the people taking a knee to bail you know they're going to see this supernatural world king come in um, who's going to be filled with the spirit of Satan, literally embodied inside of this human being? Um, so he's going to be doing lying signs and wonders. He's going to have um, he's going to have the answers that everybody needs to bring peace in. And the way that you do that is you have to have this problem. This is the Hegelian dialectic. You have this solution that you want to get to. So you create a problem, get the people to react and say, "Hey, we need it. We need to go. Somebody needs to do something about this." And so they'll gladly accept what the end is. They'll, they'll gladly uh, accept this next solution, kind of like 
um, let's use it with the police system right now. Well, we need to defund the police. We really need to go do something about this. Okay, well, we've actually got this new police set up over here, you know? And so they've got these uh, these new laws and guidelines. We've just, you know, we've gone through it with a fine tooth comb. So here, take this new police. Well, that's also, you know, part of this one world system that we've been looking at for a long time. What we can expect is a one world currency. We're seeing the economic system just go to crap because middle class or middle America has not been able to work. We're seeing the implosion of the dollar take place right now because of middle class America not being able to work and provide for themselves. Um, we, there, we're seeing um, people being more dependent on the government to give them help. The elitists, they've already got all the money in the world, so they're sitting back just you know, watching it go to hell. So I think he does a great job framing these two systems. And I'm, you see, I consistently call it the Antichrist system and the false prophet system. I, some of the studying I have done leads me to believe that the physical Antichrist, uh, I'm not sure of. And so I'm not promoting that. And that isn't the point here. I mean, the reality is that we can see this stuff happening. And I've explained that again in, in uh, part four of the why section. So we have some multiple things that are going on with ways that Satan deceives us. One is this idea of tacit approval. So he lets evil be known and he does it in while if we don't stand up against it, we end up approving it. So if you don't challenge, you approve is really the motto here. And so as this evil gets exposed, he ends up exposing or working on what seems to be lesser lies by showing other lies. And so we end up slowly approving all of this evil over time. And it's, it's as I've said previously, Satan was the first one to employ propaganda. He was the first magician. So while something's going on with the left hand, the right hand is completely doing something else. And it's, it's part of the process of hooking us into this one minor step at a time. And so the next clip we're going to play is what weapon Satan uses to deceive, and then we'll come back to the slide and button up. So go ahead, Don, you can play the next clip. They are three basic weapons of warfare in this life. Weapons of warfare against you in this life. They're found in 1 John 2.16. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. Those are the three weapons of warfare Ever that the enemy has in his toolbox to corrupt your identity in Christ alone. Ever. Satan used these three weapons of warfare against Eve in the garden, and he won Genesis 3. Yet he tried to use the same exact three weapons of warfare against Christ Jesus in the desert, and he lost. Coach Dave, who I've had on my podcast, and I, he's become a friend, he, he summarizes it very well. Uh, parroting off of the Wizard of Oz. So he says, instead of uh, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, he says lies, deception, and fear, oh my. And, but it's, you know, it's the idea that Satan is behind the curtain and he really has no power unless we give it to him. And the next couple of slides show that. Let's go to the next one, Don. So first I picked this... Um, picture over on the right hand side because this was you know grace's 
favorite phrases, God is love. And so that's his uh, reminder of grace. So, you know, Mark Twain said it's easier to fool someone than to convince them they have been fooled. You know, and praise God that my eyes have been opened. I mean, because he's the only one who can do it. So while we fool ourselves trying to be like God, he gave us the answer way before we would listen. So Philippians 2 verses 5 through 7 say, have this mind among yourself, amongst, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. So Jesus showed us that our defense against all this satanic agenda is by submitting to the Father. So the conclusion is a a long conclusion, but I want to go through it all because it's important. The entire beast system is designed to capture souls with temptations that result in bondage. Satan created an elaborate system filled with temptations and bondage so that we can conclude God cannot be trusted. That's his goal. Exodus 6, verses 6 through 9 say, Therefore, this is uh, God talking to Moses. So he's telling Moses, Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. I mean, so you think, wow, this is fantastic. Well, it continues. Moses reported this to the Israelites but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. This is where we're at. History is repeating itself. So what is going on? If we know who we are and the power we have, we will stop Satan in his tracks, just like Jesus did. We'll play this clip after I read the last line. This is why I call the series Murder, Medical Murder is the Number One Cause of Death in the U.S., by design. All right, let's play that clip, Don, please. The Lord tries to break us out of this deficient mindset from Genesis to Revelation, if you pay attention, but it's to no avail. He makes appeal after appeal to encourage us and to spur us on towards that which is of great wealth, but we just won't comprehend it. He's saying it over and over and over again. Don't you know? Don't you know? Don't you know who you are? Be not afraid. Be not dismayed. Do not lose heart. Be of great courage. Be of great cheer. Count it pure joy. Don't don't look at these things. Look at these things. Don't look at the temporal. Look at the eternal. Don't look at the worldly things. Look at the kingdom things. He's constantly, constantly, constantly trying to get his people to break their poverty mindset. Poverty is demonic and unspiritual and worldly. A poverty mindset is specifically something that the powers of darkness want to impose on your heart and on your spirit and mind so that you never walk in the understanding of your identity in Christ. Have you ever noticed that? Have you noticed that the powers of darkness do not care how many people are converts, are in salvation? They don't care if you're in the faith. They know the scriptures more than you ever could. 
They know that not a single one that's been given to Christ is ever going to be snatched away from his hands. They know the power of Christ because they've been in his presence before a third of them chose to rebel. They know. what. So they don't care about converts. They don't care about people coming to know the Lord. They know that's the work of God and the Holy Spirit and they can't thwart it. What their whole mission set is, is to keep you from ever knowing who you are in Christ. So those of us who are in Christ have the power. We have the power. And the balance of today, we're just going to walk through some other tools that Satan uses so that we have our arms around what we are fighting against. So let's go to the next slide. So it introduces practical traps, other tools preying on our lack of pursuit of real knowledge or wisdom. All right, so we'll do some review here first. So we've covered these before, projecting sin in the Mystery Babylon segment, uh, uh, which was part three, we talked about that. Uh, we talked about using the use of dialectics in four different areas. We covered that uh, last time, which was the when section, and then legalized propaganda. And this is uh, one of the best clips that I have ever seen regarding how they got us to buy their propaganda. So let's go and play that clip, Don, please. But the weird thing that happened around COVID, I'd never noticed this before in any other time in my life, but you weren't allowed to ask questions and at, at any point during this. You just had to, you had to do what the man on the TV said, right? You had to do what the man on the TV said without questions, and then you're a good person. But if you question it, then you're a white supremacist Trumper, not, they're like, whoa, no, no. No, I didn't vote for Trump, I just have questions. Jimmy, only dumb people ask questions. No, I'm pretty sure we're supposed to question authority. It's like a value. Uh, is that what they taught you in comedy school? Yeah, that is what they taught me in comedy school. Isn't that weird? It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Even comedians would get on stage and they would shame people for trying to get informed about a medical treatment that was experimental that they had to take or they would lose their jobs and they wouldn't be able to travel. And when people tried to get informed about that, other people shamed them. They would say, please tell me you're not gonna do your own research. <laughs> You've heard people say that, please don't do your own research. You know, before COVID, doing your own research used to be called reading. Now you're shaming me for reading? At the behest of Big Pharma? It's like I woke up in the middle of a Bill Hicks bit. Well, looks like we got ourselves a reader. <laughs> Tell me, boy, what you reading for? Don't you know everything that needs to be read has already been readed by a smart person? <laughs> That's how much people internalized the propaganda from Big Pharma was that they would shape, they would be anti-intellectual enough to shame people for reading while they're wagging their finger at them for doing it. You would never shame people for trying to get informed no matter what other subject it was, no matter how unimportant. Like if I say, hey, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go buy a car. Don't look into it. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next slide, Don. 
So a few more tricks in the playbook is wanting us to be a democracy and they they the globalists have been successful you know we in theory started out as a republic which is a, a very wise way to run things if you just think about in a business if a business is a democracy that means at every meeting when i have a meeting with my men i just ask does everybody does anybody want to raise and if the majority say yes they want to raise that means i have to raise their wages and could bankrupt the company, you know, so it doesn't make any sense. You can't have a majority because the majority is always going to vote for what is in their best interest versus the best interest of what is, is in place for the company or the country. But they've convinced us we are a democracy. And that talking point just seems to be a regular theme with the politicians. So we'll play a short clip here now just to show it. Now, the Restrict Act is nothing short of a betrayal of our democracy, as it seeks to impose this digital iron curtain, allowing our own government to monitor our every move, censor our online speech, and crush any dissent, all under the guise of national security. Now, the Restrict Act is a direct affront and threat to our democracy, and we must take a stand and fight to ensure that it does not pass. So, you know, that that clip has everything. Of course, the pitch of democracy, we've got the less evil politician versus the evil politician and then sucking us into the free speech dialectic, which, you know, Congress is the one who created this, this whole uh, mess with censoring speech, which, which uh, became on steroids after September 11th. All right, so then we have the amnesty play. So I had mentioned I was gonna talk about this earlier and I wasn't sure where it came in, but this is, this is very important that people see what is going on because I've been watching this since July uh, and it is um, going on in, in almost every, I saw a news clip just this morning uh, from Dr. Paul Alexander that had a, had this amnesty plan and they don't, don't call it amnesty, of course. So we'll play the next clip and we'll come back to this for a minute. Why are some people take these shots and they're perfectly fine and other people have literally died in the vaccine center? And what of the deaths that the CDC knows about, 1,100 die in the center or an hour or two afterwards. It's that acute. I interviewed on my show, I interviewed a, a paramedic who's been going out to the vaccine centers and doing CPR. He would tell me about it. So it's very real. The reason is in a paper by Schmeling and colleagues from Denmark where they had all the adverse events, they had all the lot numbers in batches, the manufacturing batches, a just about a third of the shots in, in this low risk batch have zero side effects, not even a sore arm, nothing, zero, zilch. And they don't have anything later on. If you're in that group, if you've taken the shots and you didn't feel it, you're good. There's another group about two thirds where they have some modest side effects and that's it. And then there's this third batch. That's where all the action is, is 4.2% of the doses and it's potentially lethal. That's where all the blood clots are, the heart damage is 4.2% of doses. So this study that uh, Dr. McCullough is referencing came out in August and that seems to be what everybody is, is behind right now. And if you just peel that back and just use your critical thinking, you can see what they're really saying is that you know, we made a mistake. We and in Dr. Paul Alexander's article this morning, uh, we need more testing. And that idea presumes that the goal was good. Remember, the goal was bad. 
There's never been a vaccine that's ever been tested on purpose. The goal is not to help our population. The goal is to cull our population. And we start with that premise. You see this stuff for what it is. All right, let's go to a couple of more. So this idea of normalizing behavior. So now we have sudden adult death syndrome. So that way when people just drop over on a football field or die in their sleep when they were perfectly healthy, um, that's sudden adult death syndrome. Obviously it can't be from the jab. And then child heart attacks. When kids go to public school now, they give the, the kids flyers. Uh, to um, talk about if one of their classmates has a heart attack. So it's normalizing this whole uh, issue. So then the next one says the normalization of medical killing poses a threat to the poor, disabled, and other vulnerable members of society. Of course, they've been normalizing the killing for a very long time. And so and I'll give you a, a big picture and then a micro picture. So I've talked before about Down syndrome. They normalized the killing of people with Down syndrome because they, through the abortion agenda, they have convinced doctors of standards of care. So then the insurance companies write standards of care and the standards of care include an amniocentesis. So the young couple gets pregnant, they go to the doctor, and the standard of care says get an amniocentesis. So the doctor is programmed to a standard of care. Then the couple is also programmed to trust the white coat. So the standard of care, amniocentesis, programming, trust the white coat. Now they get their amniocentesis and it and it comes back. And, it, and so he says, we suspect you're going to have a boy. We suspect he's going to have Down syndrome. I think you should abort him. Again, following the protocol the doctor has been scripted to buy into. So now he becomes a zombie implementing things that aren't thought through. He has no roots. The couple just follows the white coat. And now we have in the United States, 90% of Down syndrome individuals are murdered before they're ever born. You know, so this this is a this is a big, big deal. So then that's that's a macro view. That's been going on for 50 years. What about the micro view? This is how fast they can implement. So when COVID first came out, all of us remember President Trump came out and said, we have a shortage of ventilators for COVID. I'm going to implement the War Powers Act so that we have ventilators for everybody in the country. So uh, that happened. So then all of a sudden we have a ventilator paradigm. All of us have this. It, it, so this is the programming. So now the standard of care for the ventilators is implemented by the NIH. The FDA authorizes through the emergency use authorization, the use of ventilators, the hospitals are incentivized to use the ventilators. So now the doctors, they're programmed to follow these standards of care. We're programmed to follow the doctor's recommendation. So now after the fact, we see 90% of people who are on a ventilator in the hospital with COVID during the 39 month COVID era were murdered by the ventilator. That's ridiculous. So this is how they do it. All right. So then if they start, people are starting to lose faith, of course, in this whole hospital system, this whole medical thing. I've been 
you know, we're one of many who are, you know, sounding the alarm. So then what do they do? I mean, this is brand new. I mean, anybody who's been paying attention, you see Mary Lou Retton was in the hospital. Um, and, you know, when my wife first showed me this, she said, you know, I'll, I'll be willing to bet she's going to get well. And so yesterday she reported to me, I don't know if she's out yet. I don't even know if she was really in the hospital. It's sad that I would, you know, you think about your paradigm now when this stuff comes out, you instantly look at what are they trying to do? What's the lie behind it? And so we've got to get confidence back in our hospital system. They claim she didn't have medical insurance. It shows, you know, we've got a problem in America. We've got to get this, this confidence in our hospital system back. We got to get people on, on the insurance programs. So, you know, it's no shock that that came out. All right, so then what about predictive programming? We'll play this introductory clip and then we'll go back and play the clip with the example. So go ahead, Don, you can play that clip. With predictive programming, the minds of the masses are impregnated with visuals of a major event before it happens. This is done through all forms of media and can be very subtle so that nobody notices. But the subconscious mind notices everything and can easily be programmed through repetition. And so these controllers repeat whatever it is that they want us to accept as reality. Because these images are delivered to us through entertainment, they elicit no meaningful response of opposition or resistance. And so we accept them subconsciously. And when the event happens in real life, it is already familiar and acceptable to us. So that gives you an introduction to predictive programming. Most of you who are watching, of course, know that it already exists. So let's show the next one to show a, a specific clip that's now um, getting us into this mindset that we need to be chipped. So go ahead, Don. Charter City is stunned by the sudden rollout of Rook Unlimited's most fantastic device ever. The Smart Mark. Throw your other devices away because the Smart Mark is more than just a phone. It's part of you. Use it as cash. Book your travel. And even shoot video. Distribution points are all over the city. And don't let the lines discourage you. The Rook Unlimited Smart Mark is worth the wait. I never realized how wonderful technology could make me feel. The Smart Mark has brought order to my life. And the best part? It's absolutely free. So interestingly, two weeks ago, my wife uh, had bought something and she paid cash. You know, that's like the kiss of death of a young person's checking you out because she gave the person a dollar bill, two quarters and three dimes. And so her purchase was a dollar 72. She gave him a dollar 80 and he could not count the two dime or the three dimes and two quarters. He could not figure out it was 80 cents. So my wife counted it for him. So you can see how this idea of the central bank digital currency, the smart mark, I mean, this is going to be an easy rollout for especially for young people, uh, because we are all, not me, I'm an old person, but the young people are all hooked on technology. And if they can't even count money, this is gonna make life a lot easier for them. All right, so let's go to the, uh, we're just about wrapping up here. The final training slide, we'll call it. Uh, so what's the result? People have become accomplices by trusting the medical profession. And let's play the clip first, Don, then we'll come back and finish up this slide. 
Well, I would like Vera to comment on the reality that if people hear this, anybody that hears this message, if you don't take the appropriate action, you become an accomplice. And Vera taught me that also. So I, Vera, if you would comment on that, I think it's really important that people understand their responsibility when you when you know the truth. Well, one of the really ho horrible uh, parallels that I realized early on is that once again, the medical establishment is facilitating really the entire game. Sure, the, the financial uh, forces have their role, but people trust doctors. And that trust, when doctors become partners of government and corporations, it's, they're intertwined. It's a, it's a triad now. It's corporate uh, government medicine. When that happens, doctors no longer follow the Hippocratic Oath. So what happens, I mean, I, I explained this in a fair degree of detail a couple of slides ago, but I mean, these doctors are programmed to follow the standards of care, and then they're afraid to get outside of the standard of care because they'll lose their job and or their license or both. And so, so they tell their patients to do things that are really unconscionable. And so then the patient, because we're programmed to follow the white coat, becomes an accomplice. So the son who takes his mom to a nursing home thinks he's doing good. And what he's done is he's really become an accomplice. <laughs> he's become an accomplice to hastening her death. The mom who aborts her disabled daughter thinks she's doing good. And so she's become an accomplice to murdering the preborn. So the picture I have here is is of my little buddy. Can you imagine if if we would have decided to abort her? I mean, our whole life would have been um, just a well. I mean, I would have never been woken up to what I'm sharing here now. Uh, so you know, praise God that we were at least woken up a little bit to not not abort her. So when we accept the narrative one small step at a time, what happens? So this is interesting. Uh, my brother shared this with me. You, you try to watch banana. They have a warning that comes up. It says contains outdated cultural depiction. Viewer discretion advice. So of course, it, you don't have little Joe saying to Hoss, hey, Hoss, let's go right into town to get your booster shot or your transgender surgery. You know, so because it has you know outdated an outdated narrative, they have a warning on it now. So uh, let's go to the conclusion slide. We've been programmed from every angle and have accepted the Antichrist system one small step at a time, replacing God. The pursuit of the American dream blinds us to reality. So those of you who have been watching know that the next slide I have historically had at the beginning, but now that we're done with the official training and next time we go into solutions, uh, I put it here. So we've all been programmed to believe lies from all sides and angles. And next up, we'll go to the final slide. So next time is part seven of the series and the last part, which is now what? Repent, get right with God and shine the light you have. So that's what we'll be talking about next week. Thank you again for uh, following and, and watching. I appreciate each one of you very much. Please share far and wide.